Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number seven of the Bible 2021 podcast. We've now made it through 1 of 2021, and we're reading Genesis 3 today, and our focus is on the most horrifying story that has ever been told, the most terrible catastrophe in all of human history, and quite simply, the most terrible thing that has ever happened, the fall of man. Welcome to new listeners in South Holland, Netherlands, Muscat, Oman, Manipur, India, and Sacramento, California. Thank you all for joining us for Bible 2021. We're a daily Bible podcast. We will spend about 10 minutes a day, some days 9 minutes, some days 11 minutes, something like that, reading from the Word of God and discussing the truths one chapter a day. We're going to hear each day from some spiritual giants, either of the past or the present. Our whole focus is on daily Bible reading, and we want to invite as many people as possible to join with us in daily Bible reading. So spread the word, talk to people about the podcast, share it on social media, leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts and other places, and check out our website, Bible2021.com, and you can go to Bible2021.com slash reading plan for our reading plan if you want it as a Word document or a PDF document. So let's talk about the fall of man. Before we reveal our focus verse so that we can literally end on good news and not terrible news, my title for this episode is without exaggeration in the slightest because every bad thing that has ever happened, every death, every noticeable pain, every sickness, every heartbreak and rejection, every fear, every moment of loneliness and confusion, literally every bad emotion and experience humans have ever had is rooted in the sin of Genesis 3. Prior to this chapter, there was no death, sickness, tears, pain, or even work as we think about it. After the sin of humanity, the fall of man in Genesis 3, everything got harder, darker, more painful, and worse in every way. So what is the fall of man? Let's read Genesis 3 and then we'll discuss it. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said you must not eat it or touch it or you will die. No, you will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at, and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked. So they sewed fig tree leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Then he asked, Who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man replied, uh, the, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate. So the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? And the woman said, uh, the, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than any livestock and more than any wild animal. You will move on your belly and eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. 
He said to the woman, I will intensify your labor pains. You will bear children with painful effort. Your desire will be for your husband, yet he will rule over you. And he said to the man, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, do not eat from it. The ground is cursed because of you. You will eat from it by means of painful labor all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. You will eat bread by the sweat of your brow until you return to the ground, since you were taken from it, for you are dust, and you will return to dust. The man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the living. The Lord God made clothing from skins for the man and his wife, and he clothed them. The Lord God said, Since the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not reach out, take from the tree of life, eat, and live forever. So the Lord God sent him away from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove the man out and stationed the cherubim and the flaming swirling sword east of the Garden of Eden to guard the way to the tree of life. So what is the fall of man? Well, let's get some wisdom from some of our spiritual giants to help answer the question. First up, Jonathan Edwards, the preacher of sinners in the hands of an angry God, probably America's preeminent theologian, says, The ruin that the fall brought upon the soul of man consists very much in his losing the nobler and more benevolent principles of his nature and falling wholly under the power and government of self-love. Sin, like some powerful astringent, contracted his soul to the very small dimensions of selfishness, and God was forsaken, and fellow creatures forsaken, and man were tired within himself and became totally governed by narrow and selfish principles and feelings. Self-love became absolute master of his soul, and the more noble and spiritual principles of his being took wings and flew away. John Piper, much more recently, says, There is another reality, another doctrine, without which the history of the world and God's work in it makes no sense. And this is the reality of sin and misery, the truth which is often called the doctrine of original sin. The doctrine is this, All people, everywhere, and in all times, since the fall of our first parents into sin, have an innate depravity of heart, which leads us to sin as soon as we are able to sin. And this universal condition of mankind is owing to the disobedience of Adam and God's judgment upon it. Finally, John Amazing Grace Newton says this, The soul of man, originally formed to be the temple of the living God, when defiled by sin, was justly forsaken by its great inhabitant, and since the fall of man answers the prophetical description given to Babylon, it has become a habituation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. So that is bad news. That's not even good enough. It's ultra-hyper-catastrophic news. The worst news ever. We were created to have a relationship with God, but God cannot dwell with sin and selfishness, and now every one of us is just absolutely covered from our outside to the inner parts of our being in sin. Now, I've heard some argue before that Eve was at fault here, and she was deceived and shares the blame, but I should point out that the Bible usually attributes the responsibility for the fall uh, to Adam, as Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, in this way death spread to all people because all sinned. So there you go. The result of the fall in the garden, the fall of man, the fall of Adam, was death. Now, that's bad news, but there is good news. And that gets us to our focus verse of the day, which is Genesis 3.15, which says, 
God says, I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Now, theologians call this verse, Genesis 3.15, the euangelion, or the first gospel, the first hint that good news would be coming. I love that God, in the immediate aftermath of the terrible news, he goes ahead, and even as he's pronouncing judgment for sin, he gives indication of the coming good news of Jesus. Well, what is the good news? I love how Paul phrases it in 1 Corinthians 15.22, for just as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. So let me finish the quote of Newton above, because his quote, like the Bible itself, itself, sort of begins with bad news, but ends with great news. And so I'm going to read Newton's quote from beginning to end. He said this, The soul of man, originally formed to be the temple of the living God, when defiled by sin, was justly forsaken by God, its great inhabitant, and since the fall answers the prophetical description given of Babylon. It has become the habituation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. If we ask, as with good reason we may, how can the wise and holy God, who is of purer eyes than to behold iniquity, and with whom evil cannot dwell, how can he return to his sanctuary, thus polluted and profaned? An answer is afforded in that gracious promise, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you will be clean. From all of your filthiness and from all of your idols will I cleanse you, and I will take away your stony heart, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And in order to do this, I will put my spirit within you. So even in the midst of the baddest news possible, the worst news in all of history, the worst thing that ever happened, God gives us good news, a hint of the coming of Jesus. Well, let's close with a proclamation of that good news. Mark 1.15, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. One more time, this is our memory verse for the month of January. Mark 1.15, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Well, friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and may he deal with you gracefully. Good day to you and Godspeed.